Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated and fully boosted Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Michael J. Elston, otherwise known as Buzz Burbank. You know him from the Bob Seska Show every Tuesday. He was also a news reporter at the Michael Mara Show, and he was a news anchor at WBBM-FM in Chicago. We're going to talk about politics and whatever else comes up. But before we do, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, so I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you enjoy today's show, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see that I offer a bunch of different tiers, including one that has a much shorter intro and is completely ad-free. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show only by me. Whatever I feel like talking about that particular day, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. Again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Take a look at the different options. You can always upgrade later. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave a review. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Buzz Burbank. Welcome to the show, Buzz Burbank. Hey, thank you, Kimberly. It's good to be here. A long time, no show. No kidding. And you know what? I don't even know. Sometimes I just have a brain fart, like for a long ass time about remembering to invite certain people it's like oh yeah those people i could invite and i forget so my apologies sometimes oh. my brain just doesn't work i it's like why didn't i think of this earlier <laughs> that, 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 that brings me that brings me to this thought which is i've been wondering uh, gee i have uh, gosh uh, maybe as many questions to ask you as you might have me which then leads to the question uh you've had so many incredible guests uh, one after another after another why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so awesome because we had the, finally, we had the opportunity to meet in 2018 because yes. Bob and I flew down to Florida for his dad's 80th birthday and that's where you live. So we got to meet and have dinner and it was awesome. And, um, you know, I have to say, obviously there are some, some guests that I've had on impress me I, I, yes. and I can't believe they've said yes to me, but my most, I understand. <laughs> my most favorite shows are with people that I'm really comfortable with, like you, and who are oh, just, you know, just, just like two friends talking on the phone. That's yeah, always, exactly. that, yeah, that's always for me. And I mean, I'm obviously slightly different than Bob. I'm not as high tech as he is. I don't have all the sound effects and, <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> I kind of just like to rely on the good old conversation. I'm not really big into editing. Um, I try to add out like right. a cough or whatever, but you know, hey, we're just, it's like listening to two people having a private conversation. That's my favorite. Yeah, so. that's my favorite too. <laughs> and if we want, we can make our own sound effects. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just so you know, going into this, I mean, I'm getting a little bit better just with this intro here, but I'm just feeling low. And I think, yeah. you know, I, I'm, we'll talk about it. I've got all these things that we could talk about. They're all political. Um, right. But it's just, you know, I mean, Everything is really, I think so many people are on edge and mm -hmm. it's very difficult because, and I'm including myself on this, you know, when, when we're online and we see whether it's a comment from someone else or a tweet from someone else, it's like they, they happen to say something that just like triggers you into a mood or, or whatever. And it's like, I know you're used to dealing with Bob. I'm, I, I think I'm more emotional than he is like out, like, especially when it comes to 
expressing myself online. I, I have a tendency to just like wear my heart on my sleeve for better or for worse. And, um, I think like he has a tendency to be a little bit more pragmatic than I am, <laughs> and, like a little <laughs> bit more reasonable. <laughs> and, and I just start screaming at everybody. But, um, it's, I, first thing I want to talk about though, is Virginia and New Jersey. And I'm just going to start okay. this and I want to hear your opinion, but right. I will say, I mean, after, uh, I, it's like I woke up on, well, let me just say on Tuesday, I was getting that sinking feeling in my stomach and I was like, I was putting everything on Virginia. And so I, I was seeing on the news that, you know, it looked like New Jersey might win and it looked favorable there. But I was like so honed in to Virginia and I, I turned, eventually I turned off the television and I was just online and I was doing YouTube videos and trying to keep my mind off of it. And I went to bed that night and I said to Bob, I'm like, look, if there is a definitive answer about Virginia, I don't want to know. Because I was like, I felt, I really felt like it was 2016 all over again. And um, it, it was so upsetting. But Rachel Maddow pointed out that, you know, yes. okay, so we, we didn't win Virginia, but we did mm-hmm. win New Jersey. And historically speaking, I don't know the time frame, 30 years, maybe it is, whatever, that usually the both of those states go right. in the opposite direction of whatever the, pre- you know, whatever party the president represents. Mm-hmm. So in this particular case, one of them didn't do what right history so that's a good thing new jersey stayed yeah. blue it's unfortunate and the virginia loss reminds us that we have work to do but uh, yes what we did as, as rachel pointed out as you're pointing out now is virtually unprecedented yeah we never win one of those we won <laughs> one of them. right <laughs> precedent and accomplished something that we never accomplished before i i will also say as i've said to bob uh it, it shouldn't have been this close in right. either election exactly and and i think we all have the same guttural reaction to mm-hmm. the, the how the media describes uh the close uh, race in new jersey that yeah. the democrat just barely won without saying that in virginia the republican just barely won right Yes. And and it's like boggles my mind that like I get I get that Terry McAuliffe wasn't, you know, an exciting candidate. I get that 100 percent. But it's like in this particular like I think the thing that so many people are missing is that we really are in a situation right now that if in 2024 the Republicans take full control, they're not going to let it go. It's not like past elections where it'll all even out later or you have four years or eight years of Republicans, you know, screwing up the economy and then four to eight years of Democrats repairing. It's not going to be that way because everything changed with Trump. Everything changed. And it's not to say he was the only uh, reason everything changed. I mean, what the GOP was doing years, you know, in advance was preparing the ground for someone like Trump even though they don't even really like him, but he is the result. He is there. He's Trumpenstein and he has changed the way our current uh, political system works. And so now they've just basically, and I I call them Nazis all the time online. And I obviously I'm not referring, it's more neo-Nazi just because it's the same ideology. It's not necessarily the same actions that German Nazis took, but it's the same ideology and they'll find their own ways to hurt, discriminate and kill. They already have with COVID. So um, how do you like, how do you think this bodes for us in the midterms? What are you feeling about the midterms right now? 
Well, I'm feeling that one of the problems we experienced in both Virginia and in New Jersey were Democratic voters mm -hmm. who were disappointed. I, I think you pointed this out online, who were disappointed that they didn't get exactly mm -hmm. what they wanted when they wanted it, which was immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we're Because we just barely have a majority in government, uh, we have to take the wins that we can. And the yeah. wins have been tremendous. I made some notes before the show, if you want to get into it, on what the Democrats Totally. Let's go for it. And, ha and how we, well, okay, let's go. 70% uh, of Americans are now fully vaccinated. 59% of us are partially vaccinated. That's incredible. Wow. Over a ha half million new jobs were created last month. A half million people got hired to new jobs. Unemployment is down to pre-pandemic levels at 4.6%. The stock market's setting new records, helping every uh, helping a lot of people's retirement plans. The uh, We've already forgotten about the $1.9 uh, trillion bipartisan COVID relief bill mm -hmm. that uh, Mr. Biden's American Rescue Plan. That, was, uh, that included $1,400 checks for most Americans, billions of dollars for schools, state and local governments, which have been hurting, and businesses. Uh, it expanded unemployment benefits. It subsidized health care for laid off workers. It, it provided billions of dollars for COVID testing, vaccines, and equipment. It provided money for mental health and for veterans. It provided <laughs> assistance for renters and homeowners wow. and a, a huge tax break for parents. Yeah. And, and that one we've pretty much forgotten. Mm -hmm. The Democrats have done that just in the first year, bipartisan. Yeah. Now, over the weekend, they passed the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, of Build Back Better. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest infrastructure project in 50 years. We haven't fixed our roads and bridges in 50 years. It's the biggest since the interstate highway plan was laid out by President Eisenhower wow. in the 1950s. It, it is uh, what was passed over the weekend. It is a five-year plan to fix roads, bridges, mass transit, railroads, airports, shipping ports, increased safety for pedestrians and cyclists, Bob will be interested, yeah. <laughs> uh, ele electric car charging stations, and zero emission school uh, updates the, the power grid, eases congestion on roads, replaces lead pipes drink, wow. for drinking water, uh, provides high-speed internet for rural areas, and starts a transition to clean energy, and also provides more accessibility for the elderly and disabled. Uh, and that all of that is being paid for with excess COVID relief funds that Republican governors didn't bother to use, mm -hmm. recou uh, recouping of fraudulent unemployment benefits, and a crackdown on tax cheats and on cryptocurrency. And and wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, wait, waiting in the wings, possibly to be passed as early as late next week, a $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill that expands Medicare, uh, expands the child tax credit, provides paid medical and family leave, revises the tax code, takes climate action and possible immigration reform. And some Democrats didn't bother to vote mm -hmm. last Tuesday mm -hmm. because they just didn't feel the Democrats were doing enough right. for people. Right. Yes. And they were they were all freaking out. And, you know, I mean, it's it's I saw David Hogg and look, I like David Hogg. I'm on David Hogg's side. I, I try to. Yeah, I am. Uh, when it comes to guns, I am. And I try to like him as much as possible. <laughs> yes. And I mean, the the the. the the guy has been through a lot, and I don't want to yes, discount yes. anything that he's been through. No. And I understand his frustration, but at the same time, I feel like right now he's out there tweeting, and he's 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 basically, I think, 
what's the word? He, he's he's mm. getting young people to say or to think if Dems don't do every single thing we want them to do, then we're when not we going to vote. It. Yeah, well, then we're not going to vote for them. And it's like, okay, well, by punishing them, you're putting. Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Josh Hawley, all these people, you're putting them in charge and you will never get your way. And I am on his side. I was just having this back and forth with the progressive, which I consider myself progressive, but I'm also pragmatic. Um, You know, this woman and I were going back and forth on Twitter and, you know, and I, and I was just, I I was very sarcastic. Let me see what I said. Um, But I, I wrote in a, um, in quotes, I wrote, even though Biden Dems cut child poverty in half, offered a successful vaccine rollout, passed a bill that gives us clean water, broadband and every everywhere and much more. Yeah. I'll punish the Dems and let Kevin McCarthy, McConnell and Cruz take over because I didn't get everything I wanted. So she right. came on and she's like, basically, are you saying we shouldn't hold the com- them accountable? I'm like, no, I absolutely think we should keep the pressure on them. But I don't of think course. that we should say we're not going to vote for them. And, I, you know, I, I feel like progressives who i don't want to you know there are far leftists which are not in progressive in my opinion at all there are progressives out there who i think are genuinely progressive and they are frustrated understandably Mm -hmm. um just because i mean like the era still isn't in the constitution and that pisses me off it's getting closer but it Uh, pisses me off but you know but i feel like when you know this woman is arguing with me and she's saying you know well basically you're saying you can't hold them accountable it's like no that is not what i'm saying i am saying that we have to be strategic about this because in 2013 i did i went after mark warner i went after a bunch of democratic senators who were not supporting taking off the that stupid deadline from the it was just a resolution too it wasn't even a vote it was just a resolution to to get the deadline off the era that was in 2013 and so i went after them I had a huge platform on Facebook and I blogged about the Democratic senators and some of them, like Mark Warner, I actually succeeded with him. I, I cool. shamed him <laughs> and, and embarrassed him and he decided, okay, it's not worth it. I'm going to, you know, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I felt like shit. I would get a stomachache every time I did it. There were other uh. people that I would go after and they just ignored me. But in 2014, which didn't matter in the end because nobody fucking voted. But um, I decided I'm not going after Democratic senators because it's an election year and it's too important. And, you know, so it's like be strategic about the way you're going to do things. And it's like, you know, I I think that people get so caught up in, well, if those Democrats aren't passing all the things that we need them to, you know, we have to threaten them with not voting for them. And it's like, okay, in a a normal democracy where you know you're going to get power back, Okay, maybe, but not now. Not now, because right now we have fascists who want authoritarianism and dictatorship, and it's not a joke. It's not. It's not ad hominem or it's none of that stuff. It's just the way it is. It's reality, and we have to face it. And I feel like some of us are not facing it, and it's not helping with the news media and the way they are portraying things. Like for instance, yesterday, um, Soledad O'Brien, who I absolutely love. Um, she did quote tweet. I don't know who it was, but it was it. And I think she, she may or may not have tagged Dana Bash. But basically, Dana Bash from CNN asked Mark Warner, uh, "Are Democrats too woke?" And so, Soledad O'Brien said, "Do Democrats care? Uh, do Democrats care too much about racism, sir? Are they forced uh, forced to wait?" She wrote eight. So it's, <laughs> are they focused too heavily on white supremacy? 
all better question than, than this journalistic fail. So then Dana Bash came back and she was arguing and she was basically sh- mm-hmm. saying she was quoting uh, James Carville for call, you know, saying that Democrats were too woke. And then I'm just going to go to Matthew Dowd, who is a he's running for lieutenant governor, I think, in Texas. He said, as I sat in church today, I was thinking that if Jesus were here today, he would be accused of being woke. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. And, and I true. totally agree. And it's like our media is not helping. And it's no. it's so frustrating to me. It's it's they they love the drama they're mm-hmm. they're they're you know they're drama queens the media that's what that's about yes. and and anything to to drum up a controversy excitement to irritate but they like it uh, yeah. really when 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 they make you mad uh, let me address some of the things you've said working backwards a little bit yes uh, the criticism of woke to me is very much like the whining about political correctness yes let me let me tell you what my definitions of woke and political correctness are. Being a nice person is considerate <laughs> of others. Yes, and if, exactly. if if being politically correct, which is being a nice person sensitive to others, if, if that's uh, if that's a crime, I'm guilty. If <laughs> if you know if if caring about the other people's feelings and treating other people with respect is is woke, then then I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. We we, we need to stop and, and you know it's it's the same as making uh, the, the word liberal a a, a bad mm-hmm. word, uh, which is uh, Republicans have done for decades now. It's why so many of us have turned to the term progressive, right? Which which I like because the opposite of progressive is right. regressive, <laughs> exactly, which means going <laughs> backwards. Uh, but but uh, but that, that's my feeling about woke. Uh, what I want to say uh, to the earlier point you made about uh, the progressives who refuse to go to the polls or refuse to vote for Democrats when Democrats don't give them everything they want when they want it, which is now, uh, they're, what they're doing is exactly what you said. They're electing Republicans by not voting mm-hmm. because that's one fewer vote for someone who isn't Republican. Mm-hmm. I, and it's always been true for me. I'm not a Democrat per se. It's just that I know I'm not a Republican. I know <laughs> I know what I'm not, and I know what I won't tolerate. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the things you were talking about. And the other thing I would say to progressives who are pissed off because they didn't get everything they want when they wanted it, which is now, is learn to accept the small victories mm-hmm. because our because our majority is so narrow mm-hmm. right now. We we small victories are all we can win. But by winning these small victories, and and you you heard how small they exactly. are. Exactly, I was just going to say <laughs> precedent-breaking list that I that I read yeah. there. Uh, if if you can't embrace that and share that information with others, as you said with the media, most people don't even know mm-hmm. what's been accomplished here. They don't know what the Democratic accomplishments are, and that includes Democrats, one of whom I was speaking to yesterday. She didn't think the Democrats were focused on the right things. And that brings us back to the woke point that you made, mm-hmm. which is, it is, this much is true. And this much, this is a reality I think we have to embrace as uh, progressives. and And that is that... Obviously, democracy is everything. Uh, uh, ending racism is, is everything, or mm-hmm. at least the manifestation manifestation thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things we absolutely positively have to do to go forward, or nothing will work. Nothing will succeed, including the battle uh, to save the planet mm-hmm. uh, from from global warming. Uh, we have to we have to accept the, these quote unquote small victories in order to win votes. To win big, to win the bigger victories. This is just a start. 
uh, if we can show what we can do and have done, then we can, I think, convince more people, uh, you know, more so-called independent voters uh, that we have accomplished a lot yeah. and that we have more to do if you'll give us the leash to do it with. And mm -hmm. that's what we need right now is we have the lead. We don't have much leash. Right. And so right. that's that's why that's why. And, and because we're trying to crush fascism and authoritarianism in the process, that's why just barely winning elections or having close elections and having close legislatures and a close Congress uh, so closely divided, uh, that isn't good enough for defeating fascism and right. authoritarianism. We have to crush them with mm -hmm. votes. Mm -hmm. We have to overwhelm them with votes. And we're not just you know, vote harder isn't everything because uh, of the gerrymandering and the, yes. the voter suppression in all of its forms. Uh, we can do more to stop that if we can get more power in Congress, mm -hmm. which we can do if we provide these issues. But we talk about things that are woke. Uh, and and uh, as Democrats, you know, we, we're passionate about racism and equality mm -hmm. and fairness. Uh, 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 most Americans must for not caring about bread and butter issues. Yeah. In most American homes right now, the price of milk is up, the price of gas is up. They're they're worried, they're concerned. Uh, in spite of all this great news about the economy, jobs, a record level of jobs, yeah. I mean, it, it couldn't be better out there, but there is this fear of inflation and this fear that Democrats are not paying attention to those kitchen table issues. So we, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> we need to address both those things. We yeah. need to address those practical issues as we continue our pursuit of democracy and racial equality. Yeah, and the whole woke thing, I mean, it's like, I'm a Gen Xer, which kind of means, at least for a big part of my, you know, they, they say Gen Xers are cynical, and I've heard an argument to say that we're not really cynical, and it was actually a, a, a very convincing argument because of everything that Gen Xers have accomplished, but I'm going to go for the I am the cynical Gen Xer. I, I have a touch of crude in me, and I don't want to make fun, like, I don't think it's funny to punch down. I'm, I'm not crude in that way. Like, I always, I always go back to... Um, Andrew Dice Clay, you know, back in the day, he was so politically incorrect. He right. was he was so in your face, crude, and mm -hmm. he was at that point. I don't think his stand up that stand up today would hold, but no, back I, I then it was acceptable, and and a lot of people really liked it. And then he finally crossed the line by making yes. a joke about having sex with your own daughter and people were like okay that's not funny that's disgusting you know I mean? right, right. and so i mean i don't know if you call that punching down it was just it was beyond crude it was disgusting and and it wasn't funny and you know i mean when, when you put yourself in a position like a dice did uh the only way he can keep going is to keep pushing farther mm -hmm. and at some point crossing that line is inevitable if that's the direction you're headed exactly and so you know i mean i i, I like to i i do think it's important for people to laugh at ourselves i think we have yes. to laugh at ourselves because we can really be ridiculous we can be petty we can be ugly we can be all those things but it's like you, you know i look at somebody and i don't want to get too much into the dave Chappelle thing i actually did talk about that with sarah wood a lot but it's like mm -hmm. you know him saying you know it's that's he's got a right to feel what he feels about the trans community. But then when he takes it to a public stage and mm. millions of people are going to see it 
It's, it is a punch down. Why does it fucking matter to you what someone else is going to do? How does it affect your life in any way? If you right. don't believe what a trans person is telling you, I don't feel like I'm in the right body or I have whatever, whatever it is a trans person is feeling, if you don't buy it, nobody can make you buy it. But to go out there on a stage and tell millions of people that it's wrong or that they're wrong, it, it's like to me that goes beyond um, – it just goes beyond. And as far as what's being, so, well, go ahead. Yeah, what's so? What's so? I was just gonna say, what's so hard about this for them? I know. What What is What is the problem with being woke to the fact that if someone wants you to call them Larry, call them Larry? Yes, Why do you exactly. care? So if someone if someone wants to identify as trans, let them identify as trans again. What do you care? Yeah. You know that. And but there is this terrible fear of oh, they're gonna be in the locker rooms with our yeah. kids at oh, school. No. They're gonna be in the bathrooms. We can't allow this to happen. Uh, there have been times in our ancient human history in which uh, trans people were considered better than than other people yeah. because they were, you know, they were able to transcend uh, gender identity. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, in ancient times, this was the case. They've always been around. This isn't something mm -hmm. that has suddenly occurred because of right. the, the crumbling morals of America. This, <laughs> right. is, this isn't that kind of a fight, but that's how they see it. Yeah. And that's what Republicans have done over the mm -hmm. last uh, several decades. I said this to Bob the other day. It's absolutely worth repeating here. Uh, Republicans have always been, and still are, the party of the rich. Mm -hmm. Why do so many poor white folk vote with them? Because those rich Republicans know how to manipulate yes. those poor white folks into being afraid of afraid. things about religion and mm -hmm. guns and sex and yeah. anything else that they can frighten. They're, they're certainly race, anything they can use to frighten and thereby motivate their voting populace. That's another challenge we face at the yeah. polls. We're going up against people who are so motivated because they are so afraid that blacks and trans people and gays are going to take over their lives and change their lives. Uh, and, and, and frankly, they're afraid of it no longer being a white America. Right, exactly. And that's what it boils down to. And, you know, going back to that argument about, oh, my God, trans people in bathrooms and everything. You know, I mean, my mom, when I was nine years old, we had a gay roommate. He wasn't trans, but he was gay. And right. that was in 1970. Okay, let me think. How old was I? I think I was 10. So it was like 1978. And... I, I mean, I was so fortunate to be in that, that ex have that experience because he was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I remember being 10 and I knew what gay meant because I asked my mom what it meant when I was around six or seven. And she was, what did she say? Yeah. I well, she, I was so young. So uh -huh. she didn't want to get into too much detail. She only wanted to of give course. me enough to satisfy me. So she explained that it just meant that, you know, being gay meant, you know, men fall in love with men and women fall in love with women. And I remember, yeah. And I remember thinking that it sounded odd. I, I, I you know, my six-year-old, seven-year-old little mind, Brain. I didn't yeah. think that it was bad. I just thought it sounded different. And, and but yeah. when my mom presented it to me, though, she had absolutely no judgment on it she didn't tell right. me it was not she didn't say oh it's wonderful or it's bad it was this is what it is and so it was just very matter of fact she did the same thing with sex when i asked her what sex was she described it to me and i think i was six she said well it's when a man puts his penis in a woman's vagina and obviously it's much more you know complicated than that but i right. was six so she so you know she wasn't sure how to handle it and i was yeah. so grossed out by it but then i asked her again <laughs> 
like well, what is it again and um like i was horrified and grossed out but it was i was curious and yet fascinated yes and fascinated and so you know i found out that our roommate was gay and i remember i was shocked very shocked at first very shocked dramatic i, I listened was over i've told this story before but i was over listening to their conversation when she was interviewing him and uh -huh. it was funny because i was literally in the closet when i was in this big <laughs> closet in the living room and i could hear and he and she's like oh by the way you should know and i don't know she listed off a couple of things and um he's like well you should know that i'm gay and i remember i literally froze i was like oh gay and it was like to me it sounded scandalous and i it, again not so much from a negative perspective but just scandalous and then so i got the opportunity to know him and he was one of the most loving and warm people ever and what i find so interesting because you always hear gay parents are going to screw up their kids and gay people in the bathrooms or trans people in the bathrooms all the things with the kids well, I lived with a gay man when I was 10, and he never even, by his choice, my mother didn't care what he did, but he right. never brought anybody home. They didn't come over to pick him up for dates. If he went on dates, he met them. And I, I believe that was his choice because he just right. figured, okay, I don't, you know, I'm just going to keep my love life out of this. And it was his choice. And my experience after that, I mean, after knowing him and getting to literally feel like he was kind of part of our family because we all became really good friends, um, you know, I, that's where I moved on and, and just started understanding, okay, well, there's people that are different than me, and that's cool. And then, of course, I grew up in Los right. Angeles. So I saw trans people all over the place and, and uh, whatever they walk around in L.A., <laughs> you know, yeah. big cities are like that so you just see everybody that's great you know i mean i had to learn uh, my views i think i kind of on my own uh, not to put any blame on my parents it was the time and the right. place yeah in 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 early 1960s wichita kansas in a white neighborhood i'd never seen a black person i'd never seen a gay yeah. person and and at that time just from overhearing the news and television and parental conversations the three worst things you could be in the early 1960s were a, a communist mm -hmm. black or gay wow those were absolutely you know those were things three things you never wanted to be mm -hmm. you know don't be anything but those things you know if you have anything to say about it and and so uh, you know, but you were very lucky to be I was. Uh, exposed to that at an early age. And your mom answered uh, the, the question perfectly, I thought. But uh, you know, we, the fear that it's, there's a whole chain of events here. It starts with ignorance. Mm -hmm. We are afraid of the unknown. Mm -hmm. We are afraid of the different. Because why? Because we are ignorant of mm -hmm. it. We don't know mm -hmm. anything about it. That's why we're afraid. And the more we find out about it, the better we understand it. No matter how simple that understanding may be mm -hmm. in that of a six-year-old, uh, having that understanding makes it not scary Exactly. Anymore. And And once you're not scared, then you will no longer... Eight. Right. And you don't have because negative feelings about it. You recognize that, oh, there can be that kind of person and then there can be this kind of person and we can all get along <laughs> and that, it's no big that, deal. Yeah. <laughs> that, that lack of knowledge leads to fear yeah. and that fear uh, as a way to handle it leads to hate. And yeah. that's the problem right there. So the more uh, diverse our society can be, the more exposure kids have to the fact that there are all kinds of different people. I've been delighted lately to see uh, certain people with certain disabilities or people mm -hmm. with Down syndrome being featured more and more in successful and loving situations because yeah. 
Americans need to know, you know, we, we they used to make us uncomfortable when we'd see them. Yeah. Or, you know, even as, as a young person, I would maybe be uncomfortable if I saw, I'm not anymore because yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, I've begun, I've over time came to understand they're just people and and quite valuable people in mm -hmm. many cases. And so, you know, we just have to get past that. And and you were very lucky to have that sort of early exposure and getting those right answers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I feel very fortunate that my, my mom has always been woke. And my mom has always uh, tried to be fair. And it's like she, my one of my famous stories is when I was, um, I don't know how old I was, three, four, five, whatever I was. We were in the grocery <laughs> store and I wanted something and I started whining about it. And uh -huh. my mother just looked at me very matter of fact and she goes, I don't respond to whining. And that was it. And I recognized in that moment that if I wanted that thing, I'd either have to shut the fuck up about it or change my tactic because, and yes, with her yeah. changing the tactic didn't work because she was, uh, she figured it out. She <laughs> was at that, at that juncture, she was smarter than you were. Yes. <laughs> but it, she, she really, you know, I, I'm so fortunate that I had yeah. her as somebody who guided me through and she's very progressive also, but she recognizes it's pragmatism. It's understanding our reality as much as I want. You know, I mean, I was all in for Bernie's agenda and you know, I, I, at this point in the game, I wasn't convinced, especially in 2020 that he was the best person to lead the nation. Um, mm -hmm. I did. I, and then I basically switched over as far as, you know, I consider myself a Warren Democrat. Her, she's also mm -hmm. very progressive. She basically has the same view as Bernie does, but I just think she would have been able to execute it more, more successfully. I, I agree. You and I were completely yes. agreed at that point in our political timeline. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm all fucking Elizabeth Warren. I think she's great. But I also recognize that we're not going to get all the policies Elizabeth Warren wants, especially right now. In our current situation, all we can do is incrementally move. And that's what we did with the, I mean, the Equal Rights Amendment. Took a long ass time because Phyllis Schlafly came along in the 70s and she put a halt on it. And then that halt resulted in a deadline that was expired. I think it got extended twice and then it expired. And then all these years, there was only 35 states that had voted for it. But interestingly, in 2017, uh, it, the, first, the first state broke, and I think it was Nevada. They passed it, and then it went to Illinois, and then finally in 2020. So this is all when Trump was president, which I just find fascinating. Um, when yes. <laughs> the, the last state to ratify or needed was Virginia. And so now we're in a legal battle because of that expired deadline. And I don't, uh -huh. I don't believe there was a deadline attached to any other. There might have been one with – I don't remember, though, so can't quote me on that. But from my knowledge, there really isn't uh, any other amendment. In fact, I think it was, was the 25th Amendment. I'm not sure the number. Maybe the 27th Amendment. Um, it had to do with congressional pay. It was written, uh, I think, 200 and some years before it passed. No yeah. deadline was ever wow. attached to that. So, you know, we all know why there was a deadline on it. But the point here is that it took a long fucking time, but we stuck with it. And all I ever heard from people was it's not going to pass because for a long time there was there was me and a, a number, just a small number of other activists who were promoting it online. I was fortunate at that time because I had a lot of Facebook you know, as I was saying with Mark Warner when I went after him, I mean, I had right. a lot of Facebook pages at my disposal, big ones, like hundreds of right. thousands of people on each page. So I wow. was able to get that information. Plus, 
being liberal would share a lot of my ERM ERA memes. And so for a long time, this small group of people and, and me were the ones keeping it in just out there. And then eventually, I've told the story so many times, so I won't get into it, but I was able to get a hold. I got Alyssa Milano's ear and I was uh -huh. like, hey, you know, we need to pass the ERA. And she like freaking she just jumped on it and she she That's took right. it. And so it's like now she is the perfect person to be yes. out there talking about it because she convinced Joe Biden to put it on his platform. And I'm not saying that Joe Biden had never heard of it. I think he was the first senator to sign on to it. But she was there saying, hey, we got to put this on the platform. And so it's, the point here is that sometimes it takes a while and it sucks and it still isn't passed. And I'm a woman and I want to see it passed. And it doesn't only help women. It helps you, too. But it's exactly. like, you know, but sometimes we have to wait. You don't have to tell us at this house because... Uh, <laughs> My wife, Marsha, yes. marched in Washington wow. for the ERA in 1974. Wow. Marsha's awesome. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, she is. And we're still, we're still waiting. We're still yes, waiting. we're still so, waiting. Yeah, you, you don't have to convince us that it's so ridiculous how long it's taken. Yeah. That being said, you had something else you wanted to bring up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not going to be as fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole, but the whole thing is, is we have to wait for shit. Sometimes we just have to wait yeah, for it, and yeah. it's not fun to wait for, but that's how it goes. Okay, so I'm just going to read a couple of these tweets, and then you can let it rip. So, um, first of all, I know that sounded like a fart thing <laughs> but whatever that's not what I, that's not what I was thinking but it's uh, funny either way <laughs> so Rob Reiner tweeted it's yes. been 17 days since Steve Bannon openly broke the law when he was held in contempt of Congress for defying a duly authorized subpoena and Merrick Garland has done nothing no rule of law no democracy so then Joyce Vance quote tweeted him and said yes. I don't have any knowledge about what's going on inside of the DOJ but it does take some time to issue and return grand jury subpoenas to get all the evidence you need in admissible form discovery needs to be prepared for turnover to the defendant these aren't in insignificant tasks and then Barbara McQuaid quote tweeted Joyce and said mm -hmm. the longer the DOG spends reviewing Bannon the Bannon subpoena matter the more likely it is they will charge. As Joyce Vance points out, it takes time to get your ducks in a row to file an indictment, which means uh, producing discovery, anticipating motions, and preparing for a speedy trial. So, you know, the internet, political Twitter, is either like, hey, I'm going to wait for Garland, or Garland needs to go. Where are you? Right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to wait a little longer and yeah. then let you know if Garland needs to go. Uh, I, you know, I, it's hard to ever, ever, ever take issue. Although I have once with Barbara Quaid, I think, but it's hardly ever mm -hmm. to take issue with with Barbara Quaid or Joyce uh, because you know because of their experience, right. because of their expertise in that area. If Joyce Vance and and uh, Barbara Quaid say uh, something is so, then I, I they, their credibility. Is yeah, I'm going to go. I, I go with, with them. Me. Yeah. So, so I'm willing to be patient a little longer. Mm -hmm. uh, the The precedent is uh, nine days, I think, and and now it's been officially yeah. officially. I mean, it's been 17 since he broke the law, but I think right. 11 maybe okay. since uh, I you know I've lost track, but it's it's somewhere in that neighborhood. So we're a little over uh, the nine day precedent mm -hmm. that had been set. Uh, it, we know that it's possible to do it in as little as nine days, mm -hmm. but but I have to go with uh, McQuaid and Vance on this that. Um, they're developing a case. They're building a case. Mm -hmm. uh, if this goes on much longer, I think we can uh, start screaming at Ed Garland. But uh, I do agree with the principle that justice delayed is justice denied. 
Yes, and and I and the fact is that some, I mean I've heard both people. I've heard smart people say, you know, look, there are certain things we could get Trump on right now. The Mueller report, certain things uh, that Mueller found in the yes. in, in the yeah. report. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I'm not exactly sure what to make of all of this, but one thing that I do know is yes, it does take time, and th- this is particularly um, delicate. And, and part of the reason it's delicate, and, and I'm not saying I do not want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying, because I don't think that we should not punish bad people on the right for fear of what will happen. I think, you know, like I said, if, if Republicans get control at this point, they're going to be jailing Democrats. They're going to be jailing reporters. I mean, it's going to be an autocracy and we'll never mm-hmm. see this democracy back. But at the same time. I also recognize, if, th- especially if things aren't done with every detail and every, like every I dotted, every T crossed, everything perfect, we are at a big risk because, because the right is going to see Bannon and the rest of them as, as martyrs. They're going mm-hmm. to see them as victims of the deep state and all that stuff. It's not true. It doesn't matter that it's not true. What matters right now is pu- the way that the public is seeing things and how they react to those things. And so I wonder, you know, I, I truly do wonder. It's like maybe they are better to take a little bit extra time. And I'm right with you as far as like, okay, don't go too long because as we are supposed to be a country that's about the rule of law, and we should mm-hmm. enforce that law. But I was also wondering this, and this is Bannon aside, and I want to hear okay. your thoughts on this. So regardless of what happens with Bannon, but let's just say, okay, let's say he puts him in jail or he does whatever, you know, or Bannon says, all right, I'll testify, whatever it is. Maybe with, with all of the bigger indictments having to do with Donald Trump, and I don't care whether that's about 1-6 or his taxes, but if shit starts going down in 2022, and I don't believe the DOJ is making any decisions based on politics or the midterms, but I'm just saying as a Democratic voter, you know, if, if indictments and things like that start coming down in 2022 in a midterm year, do you think that that would benefit the Democrats? I do. I do. I think um, especially anything that can portray Trump as a ripoff artist, uh, Mm -hmm. there's a vulnerability here, Kimberly, because uh, there's a growing number there. It's still small, but a growing number of of Trump supporters or former Trump supporters who have soured on the man. uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. Both in terms of his fundraising and uh, a lot of the January 6th insurrectionists say they were promised pardons, uh, you know, through right. uh, the, via the Trump administration uh, and that they didn't get them. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Trump <laughs> promised he would march down to the Capitol with them and he didn't go. Uh, they're finding out that the man is all talk and <laughs> and uh, that a lot of the a lot of the lies they say they were delighted by many of the lies he told. Right. But now that they realize that he's been lying directly to them and stealing money from them, this is the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that will turn uh, more Republican voters yes. against Trump and, and Trumpism. So uh, uh, having them uh, ha- having them I'd clearly identified as criminals. Right. Uh, and I think uh, by summer of 22 would be ideal. Yes. Obviously, DOJ is not going to do much, I don't think, in the maybe, what is it, three months before right. the vote. But, yeah. but anything prior to that. And, right. and, and you know, they can start now. And, and uh, I mean, the, the indictments and, and things can begin any time. Uh, Kimberly, this investigation in Georgia, in uh, 
uh, Fulton County for Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, this investigation into Trump's attempted interference into the Georgia election yes. results uh, is very connected to the January 6th mm-hmm. committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are very close, very close to naming a grand jury to evaluate whether Trump should face criminal charges for his attempted interference. Uh, shit's getting real for Trump. And, <laughs> and, and, and he's, he's facing a dozen more lawsuits uh, mm-hmm. on top of the ones that have already started, the depositions he's already given. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And if he can more clearly be painted as the criminal that he is mm-hmm. between now and summer of 22, uh, yeah, I think it could be very helpful to the Democrats. Yeah, and you know, I, I just want to say for anybody out there who's saying that Garland should resign or be, you know, step down, be fired, whatever, I'm not going to argue with those people because I think that the pressure that, you know, yes. I'm sure Joe Biden see, you know, he's not reading everybody's tweets, but he's getting briefed, and people are paying attention to what the public is saying, mm-hmm. and I think it's good to, I mean, yeah. I'm not doing it, I'm not right now, it's like I'm waiting with you, I'm exactly where you are on this. Um, but I do think the calls for it are, are, are good because it's, it's yes. letting people know, okay, look, we're fucking serious. We voted for you. We came out in big numbers in the middle of a pandemic, and we want to see justice here. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I absolutely do not condemn anybody who's calling for his re- resignation because I think this is the perfect time to do it, too. Um, it's, you know, I mean, we're in, it's, it's a really uncomfortable position to be in. I mean, that's part of why I've just been feeling, you know, I go up and down. I feel like I, I, I find, yeah, we all do. yeah, I find like, oh, I'm happy today. And then the next day I'm like, uh, and you know, and I get worried and I keep thinking, should I move to Canada? And you know, and it's like, it's all these like back <laughs> no. and forth things in my mind. And I, I wish, th- you know, and then on top of it, we've got this, which I do want to bring up, um, we've got this pandemic still going on, but the good uh-huh. news is, and I'm so grateful because my niece is seven years old. I don't know if she's gotten vaccinated yet, but if she, she's going to get vaccinated sometime this week. And good. I'm so, I just, I'm so relieved. And, you know, I feel like, I think we're going to hit the I, I we may always have to deal with covid there may have to be mm-hmm. you know like with the flu shot you get your covid vaccine it mixed in with the flu shot we might have one right. of those every year but i think with the numbers that you were stating earlier about the benefits of of the biden administration and all these people mm-hmm. who are vaccinated right. add the kids in add the mandates and i've been saying this forever i you know and now we've got this antiviral pill from pfizer which uh from my understanding and a new one today from Regeneron. This oh, is really? breaking not, even, not long even... before the show. Uh, Moderna came out with one that's 50% effective at keeping people out of the hospital or the morgue. And then uh, you were just mentioning the one Pfizer came yeah. out with. It's 80, 89% wow. effective. Uh, well, uh, now today Regeneron's out with one that's 82% wow. effective. Well, so, see, yeah, yeah, the, tremendous yeah. progress. Yeah, the farther we, you know, the more we move forward, the more and more solutions there are. And it, you know, it's going to make it so much easier, especially when it comes to family visits and stuff. If you've got that one family member who just refuses to get vaccinated. Yes. It, it's uh-huh. going to be harder. You know, I read, um, I wonder if I can find it real fast, but there was a... There was a tweet thread from, I don't know if he was an epidemiologist or not, but it was just basically talking about how, um, let me see if, I don't know if I saved it. Uh, no, While I you're looking, I, I will say this about epidemiologists. Uh, more and more they agree that uh, we could have stopped COVID, but yes. it's too late. It's too late now. It 
It is now a disease we have no choice but to live with because we didn't eradicate it as soundly and as quickly as we should have. But yes, because of these advances in vaccines and in treatment, right? Uh, the, the, it's very, very hopeful. That combined with what little natural immunity, natural immunity, if you've got exposed right. to COVID or you had mild or whatever, yeah, uh, yeah, you you have some immunity, but it's it's nothing compared to what you'd have with the vaccine. But it does contribute to the overall immunity of the herd. Mm -hmm. So between those who have had it and between those who have had their shots, uh, we we are getting it very much under control. And and so I'm I think. We, there's great reason for optimism at this point. Yeah, and I, I can't find that thread. I thought I saved it, but I didn't. But the gist of it was, okay, we saw a surge last time at this year, um, but that's different because we didn't have a vaccine. Now, the even the Delta variant, whether it's the Delta or just original COVID variant, um, or not the variant, you know what I mean, uh, right. is hitting a dead wall. I mean, it's, it's hitting a brick wall, and because so many people are vaccinated there is i'm sure we're going to see a small a, a small kind of search because in the people, for the winter yeah yes because people are going to go indoors and they're going to be you right. know right. but so many of them have been vaccinated and at this point like i said kids are going to get vaccinated so we're going to have vaccinated kids a lot of adults who are vaccinated and then you know you see you keep seeing reports like you know the police in X state said that they weren't going to get vaccinated, but then a mandate happened and, you know, right. like three walked out and thousands got right. vaccinated. So it's like, yeah, they said, they said 10,000 would quit in New York. 34 did. Right. There you uh, go. That, that's, <laughs> they were very close in their estimate. Um, <laughs> uh, bless their hearts for trying. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, I think there's great reason for optimism. I also pandemic patterns are such that, uh, this thing was kind of one way or the other, even with a little winter spike or a medium-sized winter spike. Um, uh, these things run about two years, and uh, mm. March of 22 will be two years. Yeah. I've I've been predicting that it will have petered out by then, hmm. uh, as much as it's going to. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it may be even sooner. That mm -hmm. would be great. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I agree with you that there's likely to be some kind of a bit of a surge, at least uh, early yeah. winter. Yeah, because we're not 100% out. There's still some stuff that needs to be shaked out. But I think that, like, by the spring, that's really what I, I just have this feeling that by next spring, it's like you said, March of 2022, I think we're really going to see a completely different situation. And I'm just hoping that some of these, and I, I imagine studies are going to, the, uh, the studies and stuff like that as we move forward are going to come out answering the question, can they prevent long COVID? Because for me right now, that's the main thing. If it were just like a, like a really bad flu that could kill you, um, and then you get the vaccine and it doesn't kill you, then I wouldn't be so worried, but it's, it's the long COVID. It's the, um, cognitive issues after having COVID for, you know, yes. and, and so it's not necessarily long COVID, but results of getting it in the first place. And those are the things that scare me. And so if these pills um, can get rid of that or reduce it greatly, then all of a sudden the, the things that are freaking me out the most are just not really going to be issues anymore. And they're, so they're, they're antivirals, at least especially in the case of the Regeneron, uh, right. they're antivirals. And so, yeah, it's very, very encouraging. It's actually an antiviral cocktail. Yeah. So it may actually prevent a number of things. And by the way, we're getting very close to uh, – 
coming up with a universal flu vaccine that right. uh, we don't have to adjust from year to year uh, that we can use every year. And yeah, you get, go and get your shots all at once and you're, you're good for the year, I yeah. think, in most cases uh, in the future. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I've made plans for May of 22, and uh, I'm not kidding this time. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it had better be over by then. <laughs> yeah, it better be over. Well, you know, it's interesting because on, when was it? On Thursday, I got my booster. And yes, you did. yeah, and it was I, I got to say that was the harshest one of all of them. I certainly don't regret it and I would do it all over again. But um, my experience like the second time, I, you know, the first one I was tired for several days. That was pretty much it. And then I got the second one and I thought I had a temperature, but I didn't. And I just about one o'clock in the afternoon, I think I hadn't eaten anything and I had been mm -hmm. up with body aches. And I took some Advil, and I think I, I, I mixed where I did the thing with, like, Advil or, or – no, I did Tylenol and that one that lasts eight hours. What's that called? Well, there's uh, there are longer-lasting uh, Advils and longer-lasting uh, Tylenol, so – Well, I just can't – yeah, I can't remember. It's, it's, it's the same, I think, ingredients of an Advil, but it's, like, the eight-hour one. And so I right. just mixed those two. My father said, you know, take two Advil and one um, – or not, not two Advil – two Tylenol and one of the other ones that I can't remember the name of. But I did that. I ate something. And then I was pretty much fine. I, I felt yeah, fine. Yeah. And then it's this, easy. It's easy to confuse other symptoms for, you know, the, being an effect of the vaccine. Right. And then although I have to say the body aches that I had that first time were very specific because I've had the flu before and I've had the body aches. These were a little mm -hmm, different. Yeah. These were like, I swear to God, they were like specifically Moderna uh, they were like Moderna vaccine uh, body aches. And so the well, same. Well, sure. If you, anytime you have a chip traveling through your <laughs> exactly. body, it's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> but I had, so during, I woke up, I don't know what time it was, maybe six o'clock in the morning. I had the body uh, aches and I, I, I was able to kind of drift in and out of sleep until 8 a.m. And then I was just up and then I just started screaming online. But um, <laughs> I, around one o'clock, I think. Uh, noon or one, I I, ha I can't say I had a fever because I think like official fever is a hundred. Uh, my temperature went up to ninety nine point seven, and it pretty uh -huh. much stayed. I took I took the same uh, cocktail of medicines. Didn't matter this time, and I really felt out of it. And so mm -hmm. I was, you know, I think by seven or eight o'clock that night, my temperature went back to normal, and I just kind of felt tired and out of it. And then by the following day on Saturday, I was. I was okay, but it was funny because I felt good when I woke up and then I did something like I, I dusted the dining room and right. I got really tired and I'm like, okay, I'm not fully back, but you know, I'm on. So by Sunday, yesterday I was working out and I felt fine. So like I said, well, good. I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Everybody yeah. reacts differently. And, and I don't right. say this to be macho. I just was very lucky. Uh, first vaccination, uh, mild tender spot on the arm, like with any shot, but which one, which that, one did you get? Uh, the Pfizer. Okay. You know, so you know, you you can tell that you had an injection in your arm, but right. that's, it's just a tender spot, is all it is. And so I don't even really consider that a legitimate side effect. Other than that, no side effects at all. Second shot, same thing, mm -hmm. no side effects at all, except for that tender spot, which doesn't count. Third time, I got my booster and my flu vaccine at the same time. Wow. And a sore arm for a day. Other than that, zero wow. symptoms. I, I had no side effects. Again, not saying this to be brave. Right. I wasn't bucking up. This was just, it, it, nothing happened. You were just you know, fortunate. I got the shots. Everything was fine. You know, so, uh, you, you know, people's experiences can can range. Totally. Uh, and, and sometimes it depends on their anxiety level going in. But surely you had the same 
feeling of relief afterwards. Oh yeah, and I, I was like chomping at the bit to get the booster, and I, I, I really didn't care. I actually figured that it wasn't going to be too bad because my mom, my mom and I mm-hmm. both got all Moderna, and on her Moderna shot, really she just felt a little tired for a couple days. That was all, and she didn't have much of a reaction on any of her shots either. So um, I just figured that it would be a lesser, uh, you know, reaction the third time. Right. But I was right. wrong. And but Bob has said Bob hasn't had a flu shot, but he has ha- had both of his Pfizer's. I think he's going to probably get boosted this week. But he didn't have any. He never has any side effects. He's like you know, he's he just doesn't. I know. So uh, he's Mr. He's Superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, and he always makes fun. He's like, "You get every every side effect," and it's like not necessarily because my mom or my stepmom, she got really sick from, or you know, felt really oh. sick. But it was just for a day, and it was. Right. I think she had like a fever of over like a hundred and one something, but she just stayed in bed, and then she was fine. So it's like none of yeah. us are saying, "Oh, it's awful." I'm fucking happy to go through it. It was just, you know, for, plus I had my flu shot a, a couple weeks earlier and that also the next day I was just kind of feeling, I didn't feel sick. I just kind of felt under like under the weather, like not great, just mostly tired and my arm hurt and that was it. And so, but now I'm pretty much done. I'm too young for the, what is it? The, um, there's one, I, I'm not going to get the shingles yet. Yeah, which one? Oh, the shingles. The shingles. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, not shingles. No. The other one. There's the other one, and I can't think of the name of it. Tetanus? I don't know. No, the one for your chest when you get that sickness Oh, oh pertussis? Uh, yeah. I, whatever. Uh, I can't uh, think of the name cough, of it. Yeah. But it's um, but it's the one everyone's getting right now, and I just can't think of the name of it. But basically, um, I'll... Pneumonia. pneumonia pneumonia so i didn't get that one because i think you you have to be a certain age where they recommend it and i'm not getting shingles because i've never had the chicken pox and they recommend that if you didn't have the chicken pox you shouldn't get the vaccine because then you could actually wind up getting the chick you could wind up getting it so anyway but i think because i thought i had the chicken pox and i asked my mom she's like no you had the measles and so yeah. like, no oh. I, I never had chicken pox and i did get the shingles oh, vaccine you did? and again no side effects. So I, I don't know. You know, maybe wow. maybe as I'm maybe I'm dead inside. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know what? Let's see. I want to look make sure that there was oh, I know what I want to bring up. Last night Bob and I while we caught it probably about I don't know, halfway through. But there there was a thing on MSNBC about the four seasons landscaping. Did you happen to catch that? Yes. Oh, I, I didn't. I was amused that it existed. I saw the promos for it. <laughs> I did not I did not catch it. It was no. fascinating and it was very clear that somebody in the White House completely messed up because first Trump uh-huh. said four seasons hotel. He right. he tweeted that out and then he deleted it. And then uh-huh. he came back and he said, uh, four seasons landscaping. And, you know, somebody in the White House, it was a White House staffer who called, I think they called the Four Seasons Landscaping, and then, I don't know, something happened, and they were disconnected, and then I think they called back. So these, this family, they were fascinating. This family was like, you know what, we were, we were excited, and we would have done this for whoever, whatever president, Republican, Democrat, whatever. We were just interested in sure. having this done at our little... The publicity. Yeah. yeah, the publicity and all of that. And they also, though, figured that it would just kind of blow over after it was, you know, they would be able to use it and say, hey, we had a press conference here and all this stuff. But at the same time, they didn't expect public backlash which was what they got they got so much hatred 
And so, you know, they were talking about the hatred, but then they turned it all around and they started making memes and they were funny mm-hmm. political memes. They were t-shirts. Yeah, the t-shirts and all of that. And it, it like changed the way the public was reacting to them and it was changed for the positive. And so they, mm-hmm. they, t- they were so afraid they might lose their business over this and they were able to take that lemon and make the lemonade. And it was really a, a fun story. It was so interesting. Oh, that's cool. That, was, that's entrepreneurism to, yes. to be sure and and for and for republicans and for trump and the trump white house it was uh, they were they became a laughing stock yes. because of it and 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 it, it is a, a little over one year later now and people are still laughing <laughs> and they still want t-shirts and then now yes. i have to ask you um we watched the first show of dexter new blood did you ever watch dexter I did watch Dexter, and I have little to no interest in watching the sequel. Why? What do you think? Oh, I really liked it. I really liked yeah. it. You know what? It, I liked it because, to me, Dexter has his own universe. It's like the only right. – it, it reminds me of, like, reading a Stephen King or a Dean Koontz book where uh-huh. you can uh-huh. stretch reality a little bit. And, right. you know, I buy it in that universe. And so right. – um, the only critique that I would have, and it's so minor, at the beginning of the show, you know, we were, it was establishing who he was, and he, and it was so interesting, though, because, you know, in, in the old series, he lived in Florida, and right. everything was new and modern, and so now he lives in this uh, little tiny small town, and Mystic, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like picturesque, and it's like almost going back in time, so, you know, the visuals are so completely opposite of what you were used to from that right. first time around, and so the critique that I would have was when, when you know, it was just the expository, when they were ex- showing you who right. he was and how he was accepted in the town, it was a little bit... Um, uh, what's the word? Almost like a 1950s movie where everybody was just, you know, perfect and uh-huh. oh, hi right. Jim, how you doing? And and, and I'm not <laughs> saying that people aren't like that in this country because there are small towns where everybody knows yes. each other. Um, but after that, you know, it was literally within the first about 10 minutes, and it, it was a little too sweet for me. But it wasn't like enough to make me go, oh, fuck this show. Um, uh, you know, and then it went into, you know, this, the, the storyline and I really, really liked it. What, what, why do you not want to watch it? Um, I, I've never been a big fan of spinoffs for one thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I just think, you know, we're, we become too reliant. There've been so many sequels. I'm sequel to death <laughs> and have been, have been for over a decade now, sequel to death on, on movies and, and really prefer original ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I, I like, I like for a piece of work like the original Dexter series. And it wasn't the best thing on television. It was good. Yeah. You know, I could I could point to serious flaws in it, but, yeah, but I liked it and I watched every episode. Yeah. And and I, I want to preserve that as it was. I don't want I don't know. I don't it, we we're, we're coming back years later and trying to revisit things and in many cases it's not working and it's there's too much of it now. So it, you see it in so many things. I do enjoy the new Wonder Years on ABC. Oh, I didn't a, even know that was going. Oh yeah, I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah I haven't it's seen about it. about a, bl- a black family in Montgomery, Alabama, narrated hmm. by Don Cheadle and oh, uh, wow. so it's uh, 
considerably different than the first one, right. and yet very very much the same. But uh, that that deserved, you know, that needed to be done. I'm good mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. But but uh, there are a lot of things. It just it's we're we're coming back years later and trying to revisit things, and I just have a little difficulty. But I, I've been trying to get you and Bob to watch certain shows and read <laughs> certain books that I keep sending your way. Kimberly, you've got to read the Carl Hyacinth book. You will bust a gut laughing. Now, which book is this? All, all, I sent you guys a book of, by Carl Hyacinth oh, right. called Squeeze Me. Okay. And it is so much about what's going on right now and yet so funny <laughs> that you you will thank me. You really will. <laughs> and so I, I recommend that. And and I'll put in my final pitch for <laughs> the good fight. Uh, this is my last hurrah here. <laughs> but Kimberly, I had you in mind when I recommended this series to you guys. And I think you would have, even if you just watched the most recent season without knowing anything about what came before it, I think you'd love it. Mandy Patinkin as a renegade judge. Oh, right. Uh, it, yeah, who holds his own courtroom in the back of a Kinko's. Right, right, you, right. You, you, it's just a wonderful show. I think you'd really like it. So that's my last pitch. I hope you give it a <laughs> shot. <laughs> well, Mandy Patinkin follows me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's wonderful. He's uh, wonderful. He and his wife are wonderful. Yes, they are absolutely wonderful. And when that happened, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I couldn't yeah, even believe I it. Know. That was just like such an awesome thing. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with the Dexter. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm the th I know a lot of people didn't like the end. And I, I usually go against public sentiment with these things. It's like with right. with the Sopranos. I liked the end. I did yeah, not like the okay Sex in the City end. And uh, the, the Sex in the City end disappointed me because just real briefly, I had, you know, invested all this time in wanting I Carrie know. to be with Big. And then when they finally got together, it was 10 minutes before the whole series was over. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't get any, any, like I wanted to see them laying in bed on a Sunday laughing and, and him loving yeah. her. I wanted yeah. to see that. I mean, he told her you're the one and that's all I got out of it. And I was like, well, that's just, I mean, uh, we got the movie. So, okay, the movie sauce, came after yeah. that. But but I was disappointed. In Dexter, I think he at the ending, spoiler, um, of the series, the original series, it was like he had three yeah. choices. He could have either turned himself in, got caught and went right. to jail, or escaped. Well, he escaped. And mm -hmm. people were complaining about that. And it's like, what's he going to fucking do? He's, it's, uh, a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, well, it's an extension. It's just an extension yeah. of him. And it, no, I get it. And it may be yeah. okay. It's just, you know, I, I'll, here's the real reason. I, I have as many pay services as I, as I can afford right now. So <laughs> right. I'm not adding time just for a revisit of Dexter. Right. I'm, I'm happy with the one that's in my head. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. And, you know, I kind of, I lost... I lost interest in the latest Goliath. Have you been watching that? Uh, I watched all three seasons, and I've seen criticisms. I guess some people hated season two. Uh, I've seen all three seasons. I loved the series. I loved. I like I, anything Billy Bob does. I generally like, and I was completely satisfied with the entire series. Hmm. Well, oh, I I don't know her name, but the blonde lawyer. Uh huh. Oh my god, I love her. I think she she like deserves every award. She's, I don't know her name. Bob knows her name. He's really good with names, and I'm really not. But, um, <laughs> but I've I. kind of lost interest in it. But I am excited because I know one of my favorites uh, is coming back on, I think it's 
December 3rd? I think it's New Year's Eve. It's going to be Cobra Kai. And I, I was so shocked, shocked and surprised that I even liked it. And mm-hmm. But the reason I like it is because of Johnny. Well, I like... I, no, let me take it back. The reason I started watching it was because of Johnny, the blonde, you know, nemesis in the movies. And uh-huh. I was so surprised. Have you, have you watched it at all? No, no, I haven't. Well, I, you know, I mean, I liked Karate Kid. I was never, like, a yeah. freak for Karate Kid. I liked it. And I enjoyed it at the time. And I'd seen it more than once. But, you know, it's funny because one day I was I had gone grocery shopping. And I was cleaning off groceries during the pandemic. And, right, um, you know, Bob was watching Cobra Kai and there was uh-huh. a scene and I, I can't remember. Now I, I said his name, Johnny. And so there was a scene with Johnny and he was kind of a loser. And he was like in his apartment and there were empty beer cans around and he was just such a loser. And I was so fascinated with that. I was like, because I didn't care. I, you know, I mean, I, as far as Cobra Kai went, if you would have said, hey, are you interested? I'd been like, no. And then, you know, I, so I'm watching it as I'm washing off the groceries and I was like, that's kind of interesting. That was an interesting take. And so, um, you know, I said to him, "I, I wouldn't mind checking it out and then it became one of my favorite shows so i'm really looking Uh, forward to that and then i'm trying to think if there's and i know there's going to be the new sex in the city which by the way um i guess sarah jessica parker and i don't blame her is pissed off because the public is giving those women shit because they they look older oh that's not allowed (laughs) no (laughs) we can't have that it just makes me so angry i can't it's like well what's the alternative a lot of plastic surgery which you're going to criticize them for or death right so women just can't seem to win when it comes to hollywood and i don't you know i'm sure a lot of women are the problem too it's not just men who are um i'm sure it's it's more women it's the societal thing yeah but i think it i think it's rooted in men yeah. Well, yeah, that's oh, I think it's rooted in patriarchy and then yeah, and exactly. certain women, because I mean, I realized as an activist, when I started getting into politics, like really getting into it and getting into feminism, I realized, oh, I've actually bought into some of these patriarchal ideas and didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the more that I do this, I mean, I, I can't say I buy into any patriarchal ideals now. But I can certainly see when I was in my 20s and my 30s and maybe even up until, you know, early 40s, I, well, that's when I started getting involved in it. But it was like, I realized, oh, I'm holding on to some of these ideas and, or, or I didn't critically look at some of the other things. Like for instance, you know, I mean, I was the spokesperson for Rock the Slut vote. And the reason I was was because I wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut because he went after right. um, I can't think of her name, but um, you know she, the woman who had, had gone up in front of Congress and wanted birth control to be covered on a religious private, basically a college, uh, Sandra Fluke, and and so you know for three days he said that she was a slut and all this stuff. So you know, but I mean I can look even back like Bob and I are watching Friends. And right. we're, we're, we're starting from the beginning and we just add it in every once in a while as a thing, thing before we go to bed. Right. A filler, and, something yeah, like that. Yeah, filler and, and, and something to laugh before you go to bed. But I mean, you know, they've made jokes on that show about sluttiness. And, uh, and it's like, you know, it was yeah. accepted at one point. And I know that I bought into that idea because that's what I was told. And I thought, oh, this is the way it is. And then it took, it's like, I, you know, especially with Rush Limbaugh. It was like when he did what he did and, and everybody fucking was like, hey, I, I, I woke up to it. I was like, oh, no, this is bullshit, <laughs> you know, and I and I just <laughs> didn't see it before. And so, you know, it's little things. Yeah. I, I never bought Even, into the big things, but it's the little things and they and they escape you. 
Mm-hmm. If you're yeah, not really paying those attention. subtleties that are woven through society mm-hmm. that 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 uh, you know continue that that patriarchy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I have uh, misogyny and uh, and feminism come together in me. Uh, when uh, just before the show today, I vacuumed the house, <laughs> and that's the fact that that I did that. I think is a feminist thing. Except uh, somewhere in the back of my mind, I did it because of vacuums, heavy equipment. And that's man's work. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know how woke that is, but <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I think it's the bottom line. It's it's if, there shouldn't be. A, uh, I don't believe that we should have a matriarchy. I hear people talking about like women should be ruling everything. I might joke about it from time to time, but I genuinely don't believe that. I think it needs to be equal and fair. And, you know, right. I mean, if you have one side that's heavy on the other, you know, if you have one side that's female heavy, male heavy, I think it should just be in between because that's represented. I know there's more women than there are men. So fine, if you want to have slightly more women, I'll go for that. But right. I don't think it should be all one. I just think I think it should be uh, an equal Men and mix. women working together. Yes. Men and women working together for the common good. Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, is there anything you want to bring up or add? Uh, no, not that I can think of, except this was uh, wonderful. I really enjoyed this conversation very much. I'm really glad. we, You and I hadn't had a chance to have this sort of in-depth conversation. No. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll have to talk about more because there's, there's so much television and so little time. And, uh, you know, well, well, I know you and I agree on Harold and Maude. That brought yes. us together a couple of weeks ago. So. That movie, uh, though, oh, God, that movie crushes me. It, I remember yeah. the first time I saw it, I was a kid, and I was fucking destroyed. I can't, it's like that song I love so much. Um, uh, if you want to be free, yes. be free. Yeah. It just, I mean, I, it's hard for me not to cry when I listen to that song because I think yeah, about that I, movie. I, it's yeah, just, and and the scene that it's associated with. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, it's it was wonderful, and that that really bonded. I think that was our first really. Yes. You know, I mean, we we always have Bob, right? You know, but this was this was just, just you and us. me on together yes. on the Harold and Maude thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. And but anyway, th- Stevens, thank you yes. so much for having me uh, among, as I said before, uh, your many uh, impressive <laughs> and esteemed guests. Uh, I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm definitely going to have to have you back. But before I let you go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? It's really easy. And I don't even know if I have the information exactly correct. And they can all be very boring and complicated. (laughs) My name, my name is Michael J. Elston, E-L-S-T-O-N, Michael J. Elston. You can find me on that name on either Twitter or Facebook or you can find me as Buzz Burbank on Twitter or Facebook. And I have several Facebook pages, so you're bound to find me somewhere. Uh, occasionally, I have something to say. Yes, and you're also on the Bob Seska podcast every Tuesday, so there's that also. And sometimes yes. even on Thursday. So. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know how much I love doing that. Yes. And, uh, and I, I really enjoyed this today as well. So me too. You. And then don't forget, everybody, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E on Twitter. And all my books are on Amazon. If you like them, you can give me a good review because we all need good reviews. Same for the show. Thank you, Buzz, so much. I, I loved talking with you. Uh, it was great. Kimberly, thank you. We will do it again. And, yes, we uh, will. Have a great week, okay? You too. Bye-bye. <laughs>